I've got a question for you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to think about this. Do you, on a regular basis, take time to count your blessings? Um, you can do that as part of your devotions. You can do it at dinner table, at night. But I think we need to do it. I caught myself not doing that a lot as much as I should this year. And I noticed that particularly this week as we were heading into Thanksgiving, um, because I caught myself counting them more. And I think, well, shouldn't I, shouldn't I be doing this all the time? Of course I should. Um, but I really noticed that this week that I was doing it when I was studying for this, this uh, message today. Because as I was studying the passage of scripture that we have this morning, I had God brought to my mind one of the most beautiful blessings that I've ever had in my life. And I want to share it with you. Uh, it's been several years ago, so my, my grandson, my oldest grandson, his name is Jackson, he was about four years old, just old enough to um, carry on a conversation, you know. Anyway, one day my phone rings, and he, he says, hey, Papa, this is Jackson. And he said, I want you to hear something. And he proceeds to quote for me this passage of scripture that um, Paige just read to you, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart for from it flows the issues of life. Now, as he was doing this, my heart, it said guard your heart for from it flows the issues of heart. My, my heart was bursting with joy. Because I shared with you before, not too long ago, actually, that when Lisa and I, when our kids were little, Lisa and I tried to establish a family tradition of, of having our children memorize scripture. But I was always of the impression that they were just kind of humoring us by the looks on their face. And then as soon as they got out from underneath our roof, they would stop it. They would never do it again. But here was my grandson giving me proof that something that we had done with our children actually stuck. So it was, it was good news. I was feeling really good about that. And then the thought that my four-year-old grandson was doing something that would help him to grow as a disciple of Christ, I, I was feeling awesome. I feel a little cocky, quite honest with you. <laughs> and I can't just, you know, take a good thing and, and just rest in it and be thankful. I had to push. If you ask my wife, I'm a pusher. Am I a pusher, Lisa? You're a pusher. I, can't, I just can't let things be or be thankful. Why I had to push. I said, Jackson, that is an awesome way to go, buddy. But can you tell me what that verse means? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with, with the purity and the simplicity and authenticity of a four-year-old, he says, I can, I can just imagine the look on his face. Because I asked him, if you can tell me what it means, that purity and simplicity, he said, no. <laughs> really, I mean, guard your heart from it flows the issues of life. It's, it's poetic, isn't it? But its meaning doesn't necessarily just like jump off the page, does it? Guard your heart and from it flows the issues of life. Why do you suppose my Jackson's parents, my daughter and her husband, why do you suppose they would have him as a four-year-old memorize a passage like that? There's a reason for it. And actually, um, I'm going to share with you this morning the reason, and it's, it's closer to home for you than you may realize. We have been, if, you, if you're a guest or visitor with us today, I want you to know that one of the things that we have been doing recently is we have been um, studying what I have described as the marks of discipleship. Now, what does that mean? 
The mark of discipleship, or the marks of discipleship, are the qualities that um, we as Christians should aspire to live into. They are qualities, or fruits of the Spirit, was another way, Megan, a few, uh, a few Sundays ago, described them as the fruits of the Spirit. That's how the Bible describes them as well. That these are marks of discipleship, the fruits of the Spirit, or qualities that Christians should exhibit in their lives. The question is this. Guard your heart, for from it flows the issues of life. What mark of discipleship does that verse teach? Well, this morning, we're going to unpack it a little bit to see what, uh, what it is that my daughter and her husband are wanting to teach my, my grandson. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up, if you would, to uh, the Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 4. As you're doing that, you, if you've been around for a while, you know that I preached from the book of Proverbs a couple of different times uh, in the last few weeks, so you know already some of the history and the context of the book of Proverbs, but I want to take just a minute, if you don't mind, to, to refresh your memory, because it will help us to understand the scripture, I think. You may remember that the author of the book of Proverbs is um, King Solomon, right? And the Bible tells us that King Solomon is the the wisest man to have ever lived. The book of Proverbs is actually uh, an example of his wisdom, this gift of wisdom that King Solomon um, possessed. The interesting thing is, however, as wise as King Solomon was, there were oftentimes he failed to apply the wisdom that he possessed to his own life. By the way, he's not the only one that does that. Have you ever noticed that? And I'll give you a perfect example of uh, how King Solomon often, as wise as he was, how often he failed to apply his, his own wisdom to his own life. We know that uh, historically, during the time when King Solomon was king of Israel, the nation of Israel was one of the, the strongest and most influential nations in the world, which meant that Solomon was one of the was one of the most powerful and influential people in the world. Which meant that he could have the desires of his heart. There was really nothing that was off limits to him. And as you, as you look at the story of King Solomon, there were very few things that he didn't indulge in. Guard your heart, for from it flows the issues of life. We are told, as an example of his indulgence, we are told that King Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's literally crazy. I've got one wife and I can't handle her. I love her dearly. Trying to imagine why or how one man could, could manage a thousand relationships with it's just beyond my comprehension. What we know also is that many of these thousand women that he had a relationship with, some of them were, they were political arrangements, it was very obvious, but the vast majority of them, he must have had um, some love for. He gave a portion of his heart to and many of them came from different cultures and 
traditions, different religions. They had different um, values and ethics and morals. And what we know is that oftentimes these differences from all these women that, that were a part of his life, um, it created conflict and tumult in his life. So you pair all of that with all the other things that he was that he indulged in, and you know what the consequence was? He became one of the most cynical and bitter and unhappy people in the world. Did you know that? Read the book of Ecclesiastes if you want to see how bitter and cynical this guy was. Now we don't know when he wrote Proverbs 4.23, but we know that he wrote it. Did he write it in his younger years before he had indulged in, before he had filled his life with all these things and all these different people? Or did he write it later on after? When he said, guard your heart, for from it flows the issues of life. Basically what he was trying to say, whether he was doing it before or after he had done all this, we don't know. But basically what he was trying to say is be careful what you fill your life with. Who do you fill your life with? Because it will affect your life. It will affect your heart in ways that you never dreamed or imagined. Are you listening to me here? You can step back and you say, well, wait a minute, I, I think what you're saying, you're over-preaching the metal in here, Pastor, but you need to understand, I, I do these things, or I, I, I just because it's, I mean, it's fun, I'm just trying to fill my time. And you're right, it may just be the things that you have filled your life with, the people that you have filled your life with, they may just be for fun, it may just be something to pass time. But listen to me, listen to King Solomon. Guard your heart. From it flows the issues of life. The things and the people that you fill your life with will affect your heart in ways that you never dreamed or imagined. So, what is the mark of discipleship that that verse is describing? I don't even know what, if there is a, a term for it. But I, I, for lack of a term, I decided to call it guard duty. One of the qualities that a Christian should exhibit in their lives is to stand guard over their own hearts. You should be careful and prayerful about the things that you're filling your life with, knowing that they impact you, they define you in ways that you never dreamed or imagined. And if you're not careful, you could become one of the most bitter and cynical people in the world. Just because you didn't pay close enough attention to what you were doing in your life. So, this is what I want, I'm gonna challenge you this morning. Now, as, as I was uh, thinking this through and praying this through, I realized this may not, what I'm about to suggest to you, this week may not be the best week to do it, if you decide to do what I'm going to challenge you with this week, that's okay, but it may not be representative of your life. So just realize that. 
um, if you decide to take me up on my challenge. But my challenge is this. What I want you to do is I want you to pick a week, better probably not to use this week knowing that you got Thanksgiving this week. But what I want you to do is to pick a seven day period and I want you, I challenge you, to keep track of what you're filling your life with. Who you're filling your life with. I want you to keep track of how much time you're spending on social media. Watching television, going to the movies, playing video games. I have this fear that, you know, we have all these things going on in our culture today. We think it's the most dysfunctional culture that has ever been, maybe, I don't know. But I, I have this theory that a lot of the problems that we have going on in our culture today is because of all the time we spend behind these screens. Not a bad thing, then. But don't stop there. Don't just keep track of how much time you're spending behind the screen. I also want you to keep track of how much time you're spending at work. And I want you to keep track of how much time you're spending um, with your family and with your friends, building relationships. I want you to keep track of how much time you are investing in your relationship with God. And then at the end of that seven day period, take some time to tabulate how, where and how, what you have filled your life with, who you have filled your life with, and the quality of it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I can already, I already know two things you will discover. The first thing you will discover, doesn't matter who you are, the first thing that you will discover is this, that the um, amount of joy, purpose, and fulfillment you are experiencing is directly correlated to what you are filling your life with, to who you are filling your life with. Did you hear what I just said? Do I need to say it again? You will discover that the joy and the fulfillment that you are experiencing in your life is directly correlated to who and what you're feeling on it. That's just the truth. I know that's what you'll find out. I know something else. Actually, I'm going to guess at this one, but I, I think I'm probably pretty safe ground here. I'm going to guess that most, the vast majority of what you're filling your life with is good. In fact, what I'm going to suggest to you is that the vast majority of what you're filling, if you have a problem in your life, it's not because of what you're filling your life with. It's because of the balance of the things that you're filling your life with. Because if your life is out of balance and you're not feeling joy and fulfillment, it's because of that. Probably not. It's probably not the things that you have in your life or the people that you have in your life in general. It's because your life is out of balance. And that's where this mark of discipleship comes in. This is where you need to start standing guard. Because whether you're willing to admit it or not, you're in charge of you. You say, no, I'm not. My boss is in charge of me. My wife is in charge of me. Well, maybe to a certain extent. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you are in charge of you. And you are the one that has been called to stand guard over your own heart. And if your life is out of balance, or if you've got things go, that you're putting into your life that you shouldn't, that's on you. 
You have control over that. And the things that you are putting in, or the amount that you are putting in, has a direct correlation to the joy and the purpose of the Jesus that you're experiencing today. There's no way that my four-year-old grandson could have gotten that right when he was quoting that scripture to me all those years ago. But whether he knew it or not, he was doing exactly what we're supposed to do. He was filling his life with things, with the things that will bring joy, purpose, and Jesus. <laughs>